0: Don't respect the sister. Walk around like a woman she, she won't speak unless it's something worse. Saying don't play. The girl take herself so seriously. People stare curiously. She got a natural way. Her hips sway furiously. Never yeah, luxurious. Stuff. Carries herself like the cutest, most purtiest thing you see. This side of the bay go about her business so
1: purposefully. a Welcome everybody to the Trap Podcast. I am Bill Botch, along with my brother and my father. Uh, my dad is in Florida. My brother is in my basement. It is January 23rd at 9.15 p.m. We've been trying to record this for 45 minutes. Me and my father have already had an argument and uh, tensions are building here. So I hope you all have had a wonderful Tuesday and... Um, I look forward to catching you up on what is going on in the Devil's Universe um, from the point of view of the uh, Botch family over at the Trap Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, all right. The last time we talked was when Ryan Novosinski called out Lindy Ruff for not playing Alexander Holtz enough, and then Ruff came across with the you-don't-watch-the-game-so-well Then they went on and they lost to the, you know, that was during the Montreal Canadiens loss, which was completely unacceptable on home ice. And then, um, and it was actually awesome. It was one of the most listened to episodes that we've ever had. Uh, It was Patty and I, and it was a real, um, it was a real heavy fire Lindy episode. And I, you know, I'm 41 years old. Like, if I'm going to call for a guy's head and I'm going to call for someone to lose their job, listen, I, I understand, like, I respect Lindy Ruff as a man. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't take that lightly. You know, I don't take – I would never I, I would never um wish ill will on anybody is what I'm getting at. But I do think that the team needed a jump start, and I thought that the way that he has handled the team um, leading up to this point and what we've seen from the team through the first half of the season – it was not up to up to par with the talent level that we have, regardless of the of the goaltending and regardless of the injuries. Um. So, yeah, let's just jump into it. So they took care of business on Friday in Columbus as they should have. Saturday, they take on the Dallas Stars, and it was. Um, Sergey Breland is getting inducted into the devil's ring of honor. He's the first ever player to be inducted. The only other um, person inducted, as you guys know, is Dr. John McMullen, who brought the team to New Jersey in 1982. Sergey Breland is the only devil that has won all three Stanley Cups, whose number is not in the rafters, nor do I think that his number should be in the rafters. Um, I think that's made for legendary players, um, and I and I hate how some franchises just they kind of retire everybody's number, regardless. Like, you know, you look at like the New York Yankees, like there's no numbers between one and like fifteen that you you could wear in the Yankees, and trust me, the Yankees have had with no salary cap and the history of the team and the championships, there's a lot of numbers that need to be retired. But they retired numbers like Reggie Jackson, who listen, Reggie Jackson had <laughs> that amazing You know, that amazing playoff run, but he only played for the Yankees for like three years. You know what I mean? In my opinion, if you're going to be if you're going to be held, you know, with the with the mere mortals up in in the rafters of of a building, I I think that you should have some sort of legacy there that, uh, you know, has a certain time span there uh, for your career. Um, There has to be a threshold of, you know, how long you're there. So I, I think that um, I think that obviously Breland has been with the team for 30 years at this point, and that's that's so impressive. I mean, we were talking about the type of guys. You know, it's it's not often that guys who play the style of game that Breland played get the appreciation level and get their number even put into a ring of honor or acknowledged on this kind of level. It's like every single championship team needs guys that play the kind of game that he do that he does. And that's like, you can call them glue guys. You can call them role players, whatever you want to call them. Um, but he was one tough little son of a bitch. I'll give him that. Like Sergey Breland played the game the right way. He never took a shift off. He never took anything for granted. Um, and he was willing to put his body on the line to where he was blocking shots and going to tart, you know, hard areas of the ice and, he did all the little things, and and you have to be you have to be grateful for players like that because it allows your superstar players to really step up and do all and do the stuff that they're good at um, so they bring him out, they have this really nice ceremony. they give him the red jacket um, and I thought it was really nice he had he had he was a, a very short. Um, but sweet uh, you know speech that he had he 's a man of few words, and I think that the devils are very fortunate to have a guy like him still in their organization for some of these younger players to learn a thing or two about work ethic and um, just the type of mentality that it takes to uh to bring your team over the hump to win a Stanley cup because there 's a lot of good teams who are very, very good and very talented, but they can't, they, it, it, you have to be, you know, everything has to fall perfectly to be a Stanley cup champion or just a champion in any sport. You look at like the Buffalo bills, the Buffalo bills have been a very good football team for how long now. And it's, you know, it's just very difficult. So you can't take, you can't take anything for granted. Um, and that includes the devils. Like their window is opened. You look at what, what the team, you know, where we thought we would be this year, and uh, I understand that our window just opened, but you don't want to start throwing away years because you never know when you're going to be put back in a situation like this. Um, so they bring Breelan out, they put the badge next to him, uh, they put the badge next to uh, Doctor John Mcmullen up in the rafters, and um, it was it was really nice. You didn't know how the Devils were going to come out. The Devils were, I think we would all agree that Dallas is a better team than the Devils right now, especially. Um, and I, I was curious to see if they were going to be inspired. Um, and especially because Breland is on the coaching staff, you thought that they wouldn't want to let him down. They came out in the first 10 minutes of the game, and I thought that they played really hard. I thought they pushed play. I thought that they controlled the game. But as they, you know, Wedgewood played very well, and as they started um, not being able to capitalize on chances, you start to see the game shift a little bit. And I don't know if it was because of frustration or what. And I don't, I don't necessarily think it was. But you know, a couple minutes left in the first period, it started getting away from them. It started like evening out a little bit, and then the second period hit, and it was a tidal wave. And it was just something that you know, especially Devils fans who go to the games at home are starting to get very frustrated with. Our home record is awful. We've lost to very, very easy teams at home, which have been very disappointing losses. Um, And I think that there's a level of frustration that's starting to build within uh, the fan base that you knew was going to come out on Saturday night if it got ugly due to the fact that Ruff had that weird press conference with no, with Ryan Novosinski. He's been on the hot seat and the team has not looked the same as, as it did last year. They have not lived up to the expectations of everyone. Um, and what you saw was after that four goal, after those four goals were scored, it really felt like the team kind of gave up. And that was the most disappointing part of the entire night. People are, you know, People are spending their hard-earned money going out to games, and and they're and spending their time. And it's 20 degrees outside, and they're bringing their kids up. And to see the the, the level of effort that was given was extremely disappointing to me. Uh, I was there at my son, and I was you know I'm friendly with a lot of the fans at this point, and um, everyone had the same kind of mindset. Like this team's screwed. Like that's what that's what people were thinking. And everybody left pretty much during the second intermission. Um, you know, you're with your kid. You see your kid's upset. We can't score a goal. It ends up being six to nothing. Um, and then we score two late ones. And it's like, give me a break. Like, at that point, I think Dallas was just trying to get out of the game unscathed. No injuries. It's like they didn't care. But... um the crowd definitely turned and it turned into Fire Lindy chance, multiple Fire Lindy chants throughout the entire game. You had uh sorry Sarge chance and you had Dollar Hot Dog Night chance and you had all this crap and it's like I don't know. I just feel like I feel like it's this year has been so disappointing and the devils don't have an identity. I don't know how we got into our argument, Dad, but
2: Um, Well, expectations, I think it was expectations. And I think the frustration, a lot of it is justified. And I think the fire Lindy is justified Um, only because we're losing, we're losing games that we shouldn't lose and winning games that you would, you know, you would just think that we really shouldn't win. We shouldn't be able to beat Boston and Vegas and lose to Anaheim and, You know, Montreal. Are we winning that we shouldn't win, though? We're not winning a lot of them, but we're showing that we're a much better team. And last night was a great example. Last night being able to take a drubbing in the second period, which we did, and then come back in the third period and just like totally outplay them. Um, you see that they have – you see the team has the the talent, and I think that, that you're right. We need a different voice in the locker room, somebody to – the players play the game, but the coaches get them ready for the game. And, you know, how could there be such a big difference? How could there be such a big difference in the level of compete? And when a team gives up and, you know, that's it is on. it's on the players, but it's also on the coach too because the coach has to, you know, has to get you ready for the game. Just all these back-to-backs. It's like all of that stuff you you can you should blame Lindy for. Well, you can't fire all the players. You can't fire all the players, but you can make, you know, if if he can't get the message across to come out and play from the opening puck drop until, you know, the last minute of regu- regulation, then you know he's not he's not the guy for you, and you know you judge people you judge people um, when times get tough. You know it's easy it's easy for for a coach to take all the accolades when everything's going good and and the team is playing well and everybody's firing on all cylinders. But all of a sudden, when you have some injuries and stuff, and you have to start you know, maybe changing a game plan a little bit and making it more simplistic to play or whatever you have to do. I mean, when times are tough, that's how you judge your people. You don't judge them when things are going great and everything's fantastic. I think you have to take a look at guys and say, who's stepping up, including
1: the coach. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So who is stepping up on the team? uh, Nobody
2: consistently besides a Mike McLeod, uh, Lazar, um, you know, nobody is. Then there's there's a lot of legit reasons on why, you know, we can go back to our, our argument that we just had. There's a lot of legit reasons why things are going bad and people aren't stepping up to the plate and, you know, putting people in roles that they shouldn't be in.
1: And, Who is playing you know, outside of the role that they shouldn't be? in besides Luke Hughes and Nemitz, that uh, that you're expecting to play good, like well, Marino, I'm Marino's not. He you know Marino we turned playing. we Marino turned
2: was- ball into a into
1: a first pairing last night. It's oh. like
2: what the hell is that?
1: We, are we talking about last night or are we talking about the whole season or what are we talking well, about? No, I'm we this.
2: This is what's happening. This is what's happening to the team. And it's like, like we said before, just like I said before, you know, a couple of years ago, you were, you know, down on, on Severson Severson and you were, you were the person that was actually saying I was down on him. I'm sorry. I was down on Severson. You were the person saying, well, we haven't playing. He's a, you know, he's a third pairing. He shouldn't be playing on a first pairing. You know, he shouldn't be getting those
1: minutes. And now we have two rookies out there. uh, Listen, Listen, you, you you keep bringing up like last night and like the night before. I'm talking about the our entire season. Yeah, well, uh, we, but but I'm not. I'm talking about our
2: entire season. I'm talking about you had you you were planning on Siegenthaler and Marino and Smith being our veteran defenseman this year. You know when Dougie went down. Dougie went down very early in the season, and then it was like we just laid it on those guys and now you know now it's not even on those guys it's on the rookies so you know i think it's i think it's just like a domino effect on what's going on and i think the coaches have to look at that and say say okay well you know maybe we have to get get back to and and they have done that they have done that when we played I think it was Washington a couple games back we went to a, just a, a dead out four-check game and stuff because we had nobody in the lineup and we had success I think well in order being to able four to check, pivot in order
1: to forecheck you can't you can't be you can't be hemmed in your own zone that that would be a good that would be a good start to creating a forecheck. Creating a forecheck means you're playing with the puck on your stick, and you're able to transport the puck through the neutral zone. We we get hemmed in our own zone so often that it's like we, we're not in a position to forecheck. You know what I mean? Like I I don't think that we that we have that. Well, but, you know, uh,
0: if we're gonna talk about ju- just the
1: past few games, or well, I don't want to talk about last night because we're gonna get into last night. So okay. like I, I'm talking, you know. I do, I do think that there are
0: people that are trying to step up, but, you know, even guys like Luke, you know, who are just making mistakes and again, trying to pick up the slack. It's, it's like, those are reasons why we're getting hemmed in. Like trying to do too much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just, to, you, know, you know, it's just like we were talking. Do you? I think- don't think
0: it's for a lack of effort,
1: though. Well, no, I don't, I don't think anything is a lack. Of, I mean, actually, that's not true. I actually do think that there have been laps, lapses of effort, for sure. There doesn't see a, seem to be a sense of urgency amongst this team at all. I mean, I have no, I have no reason to believe that. They, does it feel like the team last year? Does it feel like the team that, it, did, you know, like we got into this conversation, is the team skating as hard as they were last year? Does anybody look better than they did last year besides McLeod? And Holt. And
0: again, just to go back to Dallas, you know, Sarge's Hall night. I thought they came out really fired up. Yeah, for, 10, they, for 10,
1: 15 minutes of a 60-minute of a game. All right, let's say see, let's see the whole first period. I think they just got muscled by a better team.
0: They they were up. losing all the battles. They were losing they all the battles, up, and they did give up.
2: They did give up. They they gave up when, when that game was because they couldn't get offensive uh, zone time, because they couldn't get out of their zone. They wanted no part of it. They wanted I, they no just, part of it,
1: and that includes Nico Heischer, too. And, like, you know, I I was saying, tell me who you think looks like they're progressing like we you know last year there was so much progression on the team like who do you see now besides McLeod and Holt? and I would say that we were talking Jesper Bratt is probably he's he's stayed where he should be go through the lineup has Nico Heischer looked better than he did last year absolutely not has I mean you want to talk about you think Jack Hughes has looked that great Jack Hughes looked like shit for the past 10 games before he got injured he looks awful. Who are we kidding? I don't think that he's looked better than he did last year. He got off to a hot start for the first fifteen games of the season. Mercer's that st- stayed flat. It no, he has, hasn't. It's not a a regression. Mercer's definitely regressed, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But are you but I me? think he's
2: regressed because we put him in a different role. Which Why is, he's still playing in the top six? Why? What role is different? They're playing him at center for how many games? Like we all know that he's not a center.
1: Like you just wasted how many games. I know, but like how bad was Dawson Mercer last night? Yeah, he really he didn't play well last night. He hasn't played good all year and he shouldn't have been playing at center. I completely agree with you. But if you go down the list, it's like nobody's looked good. Nobody. I mean, and I'm talking about the season. So it's like there were healthy parts of the season. People were injured. People played all different parts of the lineup. It's like you could go, if you just go down the entire lineup, person by person. There's only like two or three people that have really been like, wow, well, you know what? He's really he's taking he's taking a step up. He's really he's thriving. It is Curtis Lazar is a good is is a good one. Besides that, it's like Halla. I mean, he's he's regressed. I'm not saying by much. I'm just saying, like, you think you would be another year into the system, you just got a contract. It's like, Timo do you think Meyer it has, has do nothing you think it has, done anything. Do you think it has anything
2: to do with, you know, the roles that they're called upon to play? It, like, it, you're talking about when you have a healthy Jack Hughes and you have a healthy Nico Heischer and you have a healthy Timo Meyer and you have a healthy Palat, like we had last year, how much pressure is being put on a guy like Halla? to to produce.
0: Or you know what I mean? You, he's he's we're just talking about the Holt situation. It why we're all so frustrated surrounding him with AHL players. It's like are they going to to take that next step? Probably not. It's like everyone looks better when the team is firing right. into all cinders and you have all of your you know, the, we, we the haven't, tires. we
1: haven't fired on all cylinders one time.
2: Oh, well, we did in the third period last night. So. You know, oh. there's, we could make excuses and it's not about making excuses. It's about uh, really taking a look at reality, taking a look at where you're putting people looking you, at the position that you're putting them in. Should they be in that position? Are they ready for I think that? A reality is, would, is great. <clears throat> And it is reality and it is reality. We have played, but we have players you know, Our are top two defensive players right now. The guys piling up the minutes or people that haven't played 50 games in the NHL.
1: Okay. So, With that said, is that, does that, is that an excuse <clears throat> to look completely disinterested during a game?
2: No, it isn't. And effort, effort, that's something totally different. When you look at guys that, and you could tell, when a guy looks like he ain't skating, like Marino last night on a couple plays, like Mercer Mercer last night, I think Nico Heischer has a lot of heart. I don't think he ever stops playing. I think that when he looks slow, he's looking slow because I think a lot of the players, when they look like they're slow or – they're not doing as well. I think they're still injured, like Timo when he came back the first time. What
1: about his he, interviews after the games?
2: Well, you could tell he's, he's a little disgusted. He's he's just doesn't he's seem unhappy. Like a, doesn't seem like a leader. He was unhappy at the end of last
1: year. And doesn't, I think we all know why he was unhappy at the end of last year. The, the not leading by example. I, I, I don't. I just he does not seem like he's not handling this like a leader. The team has no fire, like none. It's like if you're the captain of the team, go out there and, you know, when you're getting rolled six, nothing, like stand up for yourself, just yourself from getting tossed around the ice. You know what I mean? Like, I think they had a little
2: fire last night when V tech went and jumped uh, to Foley <laughs> Yeah, he manhandled nice, him nice, after nice. the game. Um, they, you know, it's it's. You're not going to have a lot of fire when you're when you're not winning. When you're losing games that you should win. Um, I think everything. I think uh, you know everything. Just all. Are you disappointed with this season? I'm very disappointed. I'm very. I was disappointed when I found out that we lost Dougie for the year. I was disappointed when we lost. Uh, Jack in the beginning. I was disappointed when, you know, Timo went out. I was disappointed with all that. And then I'm very disappointed when we're playing teams like the Ducks in Arizona and and we're not beating them yet. We can go out and show that we can play with teams that are in the playoff hunt and beat them. Like we beat Florida, you know, last week and Boston and the Knights. It's like, if you could beat those teams, you have to come out with that same. It seems to me that that we're coming out and we're playing to the level of our competition. And we can't afford to do that because, you know, we're we're not at the level of Florida, Boston, and, and Knights with all our injuries.
1: Well, I mean, the, Vegas is completely banged up.
2: They are banged up. They are banged up. I think Listen, we're banged up a little You've always little more.
0: said you can't make that injuries an excuse. Everyone has injuries.
1: Right? I'm just saying he's, he's saying that we're not at the level of Vegas. Well, actually we right. are at the level of Vegas with the with I'm saying the rosters that they put out yesterday are at the level. You know, he, we're missing Jack Hughes, they're missing Jack Eichel. It's like they you know, they're missing their best defenseman. It's like, yeah, like it is. I'm saying the level of players that we're icing I'm saying we were. We I thought we were as talented as they were, if not more. No? You think that Vegas t- rostered a, a I think a, that a, if, that like if I was going to pick
2: Yeah, I think the last night they did. I, I that's me. That's what I think. They had their they had a goalie that wound up. He was, you know, he was player of the week last week.
1: He was awful. I mean,
2: I, he was awful last night, thank God. He was worse than Vanacek.
1: He was awful. It was
2: pretty freaking hard to do. Um,
1: yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was disappointed to see a 6-2 loss. I was disappointed to have to leave another game in the second intermission that we were getting blown out. I think everybody was fed up with Lindy Ruff. You were you were starting to see a boil over into the fan base. And like I said before, I think the fans that go to the games at all that are there for all the games and that invest their time and invest their money and they could be doing other things and they continue to come and show up and the, and the crowds have been great this year, um start to get frustrated quicker than people that are sitting at home on the couch. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's very fair. Um So, I was definitely and like Kyle was coming up for the game last night. I was definitely like, Hey, listen, you know, they're playing Vegas. Vegas is one of, you know, they've looked pretty good. You're walking into a buzzsaw. And I think everybody, everybody knew that, that people were going to be very on edge going into this game before that happened Sunday, um, our boy Nemitz was signing autographs up in Warren, New Jersey. And I'm not really, uh, I really don't go out to, to sign autographs, um, to get autographs, you know, signatures and whatnot. But we have this awesome picture that my, my father got of um, Nemitz's first lap of William in the picture. So we thought to ourselves, all right, well, when else are we going to have an opportunity to get this picture signed? Because it's not something that you're really going to be walking around with. It's not like you have a jersey where you're going to have them sign it or whatever. So I was like, William, do you want to go up? He's like, yeah, sure. So we go up to Warren. And um, we actually uh, ran into a fan of the podcast there. Super nice guy. He was there with his son. Um, I'll tell you what for the amount of weird people that follow hockey and the devils, we have like the most normal listeners. I'm not just saying that either. Like we actually have like a lot of really cool, normal people who listen to the podcast. And like you, you, th- you think that you would get like a ton of like, I don't know.
0: There's a strange lot of people. people out there
1: for sure. Like um, Every- people super into negativity. <laughs>
0: I think I I think that uh, that the people that
2: comment on on the track Yeah you on really hard in the sand, dude. What? <laughs> I think people that what do you call it, people that comment too, they're pretty knowledgeable
1: too, like some they of are. the people that we talk to. You should ask the guys at Darcy's what he thought about what he thinks about the team. Um, so anyway, I'm like we have to wait outside for like an hour to get into this. I've never been to one of these signings before, so this is all kind of new to me. First of all, the picture that we have here is not meant to be taken out of the frame. So I'm glad that I, um, attempted to try to, I figured it was just going to be like a normal picture frame where you like bend the little metal flaps over and then you could take the cardboard out and come I'm behind it. The metal flaps are like staples. So they're not meant to be bent, right? And I'm glad that I like took a look at it and started playing with it outside when I had an hour to to kill. Because there's like 75 of them in the back of that thing, and I didn't have anything to to get underneath it. So I was like putting my nail under it. So my hands are bleeding at this point. Okay, <laughs> literally. Um, but luckily I got it out after about a half hour. And um, man, the dude behind me was literally the most annoying person I've ever been around in my entire life. When it comes to the devils, these are, you know, they're, they're not exact quotes, but it's like, he's like, the best thing that ever happened to this team was losing Dougie Hamilton because he couldn't play defense. That was one quote. Oh man. Hold on. It it gets so much better. Um, The Hughes brothers don't know how to skate. That was probably, (laughs) that was probably the craziest one out of all of them, and I was like "Wow, okay um and i and it was so cold and i and I knew like I just can't I'm not gonna engage with this guy i'm not gonna i'm pre- pretend like i didn't and he just went on and on and on so um so we finally we get inside and uh we're going up to we're going up to Nemitz and he's like sitting there. And it was exciting, you know what I mean. I have the I have the Nemitz five jersey. So he, yeah, he was awesome. trying to make the team last year. He wore number five in camp, and um, so we we like get up to him and he's like sitting there. And I was telling I was telling you guys like he just has this like he you could tell that he's been famous for a very long time for being a kid. And I think it's like, he's probably been one of the most well-known athletes in his country. So, you know, it's like he's been answering questions and he's been maybe a big fish in a small pond kind of thing. And and he looked like, just like he he's been around for a while. Despite being 19, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, Nate Bastion's over there and he's like, <laughs> Hey, little girl, oh, you're a devil's <laughs> fan, oh, who you know, who's your, you know, just like asking all these questions and laughing and being Come like poke your finger through my <laughs> you know, missing tooth. Yeah. So he's he's been like uh he was being like a real like sweetheart, you know what I mean? And then Nemich is just kind of like sitting there and obviously there's like a language barrier, and uh it's like our turn to go up. And he and he's like got like a busted lip, and he's wearing. And I'm like, oh hey, what's going on, buddy? Like, uh, and he's just like smiling, and I and I hand over the picture, and I'm like, oh, this is like your first lap. I'm like, oh, and that's my son. And he's like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, yeah, great. So like, and like my son like doesn't he he'll you know he did not willing he to won't say talk. anything to anybody. <laughs> so. We're, it, we're, the three of us are just like kind of like, I'm like, just like kind of shaking my head and trying to be like the you know moderator, the facilitator of, uh, <laughs> of dialogue. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Right. And he's just like, he's looking at me. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, uh, I think I have your first, I have the first ever Nemitz Devils jersey. And I show him and he goes, oh, five. And I go yes five, <laughs> very good and five, <laughs> and
2: that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. and I think I think he has a tough time.
1: I think he has a tough time with English too. So well, yeah, know. I know. But I, I'm telling you, he he's uh, he has swag. The way that he handles himself on the ice was pretty much how he felt like off the ice to where he right. Gone very comfortable. Like I've been doing this for my entire life, like n- not phased by anything. Um, t- tell him, uh, William said, um, on the car ride home though. <laughs> so, yeah, so he you know, well, let's get, well, hold on. So we end up, we get in the car and then, uh, and William's like, Oh my God, I'm so hungry. When are we going to eat? He kept asking me in line and we were in line for like an hour, hour and a half. He's like, Oh, when are we going to eat? And I was like, oh, as soon as we get out of here. So we get in the car and he's like, oh, come on, where are we going? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to stop at a fast food restaurant, right? I didn't right. want to go through like McDonald's drive through, or something. Right, so right, right. I, I was like, I forget what road I was on. I was on like the main highway up there and, and I'm driving and, uh, and we keep passing like where we're supposed to turn because I can't, I can't find anything. And he's like, I don't want to go to Taco Bell. And I'm like, when do I bring you to Taco Bell? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I don't plan on going to Taco Bell either. So we're going, we're going. Now we're going in the wrong direction for like seven minutes. Oh, and and um, and it's whatever. It's like we're, it's it's Sunday afternoon. We don't have anything going on. And I'm like, we're gonna find somewhere good to eat. There's like this huge like Tex Mex Roadhouse place, and I'm like, no, that doesn't look right. So we come pulling up and I, and it says it says uh chili dogs burgers and hot dogs since 1936 and i'm like and i have this like i have this like romanticism about like north jersey old hot dog places right. or something like, like Dickie d's and uh, yeah i'm thinking it's like a dicky d's jimmy or like, buffs or like a or like a white ma white manna you know what i mean like do we get the, like the little burgers and stuff right. and i'm like 1936 i'm like oh i'm like william this is it like we were meant to like make it to this place i'm like <laughs> this is great it's like a old like jersey place i'm like this is gonna be perfect so we like pull into the lot i'm really selling this to, to do you, him, do you anyway. know what the name of the place was? Yeah, it was called the Red Tower. Oh, I never heard of there's that. There's two of them, apparently. I think there's one in like Westfield, maybe. So okay. uh we, so we like go. It looks like kind of like Dungy. It's like a real small building. It look, it's it checks all the boxes, right? So we go, walk, and I'm like, you're gonna love this, right? and i'm like walking in with him i'm like expecting it to be like ruts hut or Rutz hut or something like that right right so like, right like i like open it up and i uh, there's just like there's just like a mexican family like sitting in the corner and there's like a a, a black dude eating hot dogs by himself watching um like vintage uh coin um like vintage coins being like raffled off or whatever. You know what I mean? Like really loud, like on this television. (laughs) And it's just like, this is before the bald Eagle got the, got the new, the new bald Eagle didn't come around until. and, And like, and it's like really loud. And I'm like looking around and I walk over to the counter and it's this guy who, you know, just came back from the war or something. Um, uh, and and not a war overseas or anything this is a this is a war within himself it's an, it's right it's an inner war yeah this yeah. is this is this is not a veteran um he has hair growing from parts of his face that i didn't know that hair grows from <laughs> it was literally like hair coming from his eyeballs right he was like probably 70 years old he looked like he was actually a bum seriously he looked like he did not have a home and I realize he's the only – and he goes, hey, what do you want? And, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, William. <laughs> and I look up and, like, you know, the, the sign is, like, all – it's pretty much yellow. Everything oh. is yellow. And I'm like, hmm, I, I'll have uh, two cheeseburgers and two hot dogs. And he's like, hey, what do you want on them? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, like cheese and ketchup and lettuce maybe. And he kind of, like, basically, like, tells us to screw off. And I'm, like, still, like, it's, this has got to be good. But then I'm, like, looking. He's the only person working there, and he's, like, making our food. And it's, om- it's almost the equivalent of, like, a homeless guy on Grateful Deadlot making your food. And he's yeah, yeah, giving you yeah, yeah. his stuff, and his hands are just, like, <laughs> black.
0: Not nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, and I'm, like, holy crap. And uh, so I'm sitting there. I'm waiting for the food to come out. And I I – google the reviews i'd pull the place up (laughs) and they all said the same thing they all had the word sad in them and that's not something (laughs) that's not something that you necessarily get from a restaurant too often it's like this place felt very sad like everyone was sad in there and i was like i was i was actually sad in there (laughs) i would have said i forgot my wallet in the car william will you come with me to go get it (laughs) oh no And, and we were like all right and we we actually we ate we ate two burgers and then I was like oh. how were they? They were sad. <laughs> <laughs> they I were. hope you didn't leave a review. They were sad. Um, the ketchup was is in an upside down <laughs> smile <paper>? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then like I was like, uh you know, he just like, oh, do you guys eat lunch? I'm like, oh no, we had lunch. She's fine, you know, he's. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> Poor kid's had diarrhea for three days now. <laughs> so um so yeah, so that was so that was interesting. Uh but then we were on the way home and then I was like, Oh William, like would you you know you know, did you like meeting and Like, did you think that was cool? And he was like, I loved it. I loved it. And I was like, Really? Well, oh, very because cool. You didn't yeah. even you didn't even say anything or smile or anything. You look very stoic. Right. Um so yeah, it was it was interesting. So Kyle comes in for the game on on Monday. And we actually got to go up and meet up, but uh he got to meet Patty and his brother Sean. So that was kind of cool. And then we hung out with them for a little bit and then we went into the game and it was a last night's game was really interesting. I you know, I would say that last night's game was the first game that felt like last year a little bit. Right. It felt like this year and it felt like last year. It was a real it was a real double, double whammy. You had the First of all, we bet that Vegas would score the first goal of the game, which was even money, and then we got that, we won that, and then we bet the Devils to win while they were down by one and it was plus almost 200. So we won a couple we won a couple hundred bucks. Um but uh it was it was definitely a very disappointing first Half of the game, and it was that goal by Toffoli. Was that was that the other night? Yeah, fifteen fifteen yeah. seconds left in the goal, second it was period. A goal by Toffoli. After so, uh, Vegas scored with fifty-two right. seconds left, right or whatever, right. You know, right. Or so, you know, I want to get into T- Toffoli a bit because I know a lot of people have been kind of giving him a hard time with the lack of production as, as of late. And uh, he, you could tell he definitely had a monkey on his back. He scores in the Dallas game. It's a meaningless goal. Every, and then Sharon Govich, he's up to like 18 or 19 goals on the Right, game. right, right. Listen, here's the thing. Sharon Govich couldn't even play in the playoffs last year. They literally couldn't even put him out on the ice. Sharon Govich is not as good of a hockey player as Tyler Toffoli. I don't give a shit if Tyler Toffoli doesn't goes 10 games without scoring a goal. Tyler Toffoli knows what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. He's been there. You know what I mean? Sharon Govich is – he's soft as shit. And it's like, let's stop comparing Tyler Toffoli to Yegor Sharon Govich. That's insulting to Toffoli. No, I, I, I completely, completely agree.
0: I think that Toffoli has been struggling
1: exiting the puck from the defensive zone. For, he's not. He's not fast. Know. He doesn't have speed. Like Toffoli has one. He, you know what? He's good. Like, listen. If we make the playoffs, Toffoli will be a key, a key player in the playoffs because he knows how to play the game the right way. No, 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 no. But I'm saying I, I understand what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Right. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, like transporting the puck, he doesn't. He doesn't play with speed. You know what I mean? So that's like kind of like that's that's kind of difficult. But if if you look, I mean. In the playoffs it's not all about speed, you know what i mean you 're going to need somebody to score a big goal and I think that for him to to get off of this um you know he's he's been struggling for him to to get back into it these weren 't just goals fifteen seconds left in the period totally changed the entire game. that was a huge clutch goal, and then for him to score the hat trick in overtime to win the game right. is extremely clutch like that's what you're that's what you're paying for like Jager Sharon Govich, if you go back and look at his goals, it's like that guy scores goals when you're – he's the guy that scores a goal when you're down by six. You know what I mean? Or when you're down by five. It's like that's the difference between Toffoli and, right. and Sharon Govich. You yeah, know, like, I,
2: don't think you, I don't think you should compare those two. I really don't. I don't – you know. Well, people do because uh, they got traded, so obviously – Well, they do. They do. Yeah. But – and, you know, they were talking in Fitz's interview today. They were talking uh, – or have you been talking to Toffoli's agent? Do you sign to Volley next year?
1: It, it, how do you know that right now? Because Fitz said it during his interview. Him and. Um, I know. But how do you know if you're going to do that now? I mean, I think you wait until the season's over. There's no reason. To well, he said right
2: that he would be talking to him during the break. Talking to his agent during the break.
1: Right, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna sign him. You're going No, to it doesn't. For. It doesn't. It doesn't. And if you can get doesn't. him cheap, it's like he could definitely be right. a third line player. If you ever decide you want to move Holtz up to play in the top six, that could be a good option. Um you know, you look at the fully he had twelve shots in the last two games. Twelve shots. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty significant. I think um you have to look at the goal last night's game. You have to look at the the nico timo brat line. Why is awesome Why would it take this long to put those players to, to figure play? that out? Yeah they
2: had seventeen shots last night no absolutely and they should have they should have had a lot more goals too. I mean brat hit the the pipe what eight times last night eighteen that's it. that's an inside joke but um. He did, you know, he had ten shots on goal last night. I mean, that's that's pretty big. He had good ones, and so did Nico. Nico had a couple, had a couple really good scoring opportunities. I know he put one in, but I mean, he looked good. He
1: only had two shots on net, but he did play. He did he did play good. Um, I well, I mean, can we agree that it was the best game that Timo, Timo Meyer has played? First of all, hold up, I have to I have to bring this up. So the game on Saturday, after the game, the press conference, Lindy Ruff changed his tune. I think Lindy Ruff really felt the heat. And he came out and said that he thought that we played a good game, which is like, that's really scary. Right, right. And – he started defending their play, and I just thought that that was completely ridiculous and I thought it was off i I felt like you know it's like he never he never he never falls in the sword like we were saying like he never he never right. brings himself up you know and the, he started defending the loss, and it's like it was completely unacceptable at home s Sergey brelin um And I was really like kind of confused. And then yesterday, I look at the lines and I'm watching them play. And I'm telling you, I I think he is very scared for his job. And you saw that Holt started playing with Timo. Right. Hurt started playing with Nico. And he started, they started moving him around. And then the way that he talked after the game oh, you know, we just, you know, Timo was, out there and as free as I've ever seen him, and it's like he never says shit like that. Like that—that like, was I a know. real weird. Th- I told Toffoli to go out and win the game, and he went out and won. And he's a good listener, right? Uh-uh. Right. Something don't sound right here. That oh, does he, not they, sound like Lindy Ruff at Brad's all.
2: legs looked so good. It never it never looked like he had you know skated that much mm. on the ice. It's like this mm, is sus. Yeah.
1: as as William would say, this is sus.
0: Well, even before the Dallas game, he came out with the,
1: woo, let's go, you know, it's like, who the hell is this guy, you know? But, I mean, after that, I mean, they had the Fire Lindy chance going on in The Rock. I mean, he definitely knew that, like, uh uh-oh. And I just feel like he really, like, changed his tune. And I I think you're seeing a guy in desperation mode a little bit. Um, And it's like every win is going to keep, this fan base off of his back a little bit more. I'm at the point now where I, I honestly, I don't believe that Fitzgerald is going to make a a move, but right here. So the Timo, Timo Meyer played great. And it's like, you're seeing him play as a power forward and um, he looks healthy for the first time. And it's really encouraging because he he makes all the difference in the world. Um, Curtis are, Curtis Azar played awesome. I, I thought, you know, he's played awesome all year. He's been one of the very few guys that I think has taken his game to the next level. He's basically already reached career highs. They're going to. Con- he's going to continue to have success. He plays a very north-south simplified game. Um, he does lack puck skills. Like, there was a couple opportunities last night, Kyle, where I think I even said something to you. I'm like, shit, like, not for nothing, but if – Holtz was playing in this opportunity right here. He would have been able to let that shot go. You know what I mean? Like the one where he came down the the wing and there, and it's like, he, he doesn't have that, but he does have a lot of heart and he plays the game the right way. And he's blocking shots and he's doing everything that you could ask a player to do. So um, it was good to see him get rewarded uh, with two goals last night. Mercer was bad. Mercer has been very disappointing. He's been the most disappointing guy, I would say, probably, in my opinion, on the team this year. I think that he has not only not progressed, but he has taken a step back. I think you're right. I, I was baffled at why we played him at center for as long as we did. But um, he was garbage last night. He He did not play well, like – and he's a guy that gets – he gets a lot of passes too for the amount of shit that Holtz gets. And it's like – I get it. Holtz is the whipping boy of the team at this point. But he he turns the puck over. Sometimes it looks like he's not skating hard. And that's something that you would never think of. Like that's the last thing that comes to mind when I think of Dawson Mercer is effort like being questioned. Right. And I don't know. I it, There's been some lazy moments that have been – that's been very disappointing because um that's just not the type of player – that's not how he got here. So it's confusing to me a little bit. You know, we can get into Nemitz and we'll get into Luke Hughes. <laughs> Last night was crazy that it was, you know, it was like the third period down the stretch, and they just had Nemitz and Hughes. They shortened the bench on, on defense. Um, Cowfoot is not serviceable. You can't even play him. He's- no, he gave up a goal. I mean, he's bad, Dad. He's really bad.
2: I don't. I don't. I. didn't think he played. I didn't think he played, think he played horrible at, uh, in Dallas. He he's took bad. two
1: penalties. They scored he, on him. He's very you know. bad. He has no business. He will not play on another. He won't even be iced on another team. He'll never, probably never play in the NHL ever again. He's that bad. And his name's Cal It Sounds like he's got like. Uh, I woke up, I got I, I, I woke up, I got I gotta go see the p- podiatrist. I, I got up, Cal Foot. I woke up, I got Cal foot. Oh, you gotta elevate it. You know what I mean? Um so yeah, but uh he he's been awful. But Hataka played good. So Hataka oh, is a guy that you're definitely gonna keep in the lineup over foot when Miller comes back, which Miller should be coming back. He was sick, he should right. be coming back on Thursday night. Miller registered that shot in the game the other night. It was the hardest shot that's been in the, in the NHL. Yeah, in how yeah. long? In 102 two, mile an hour. Two years, I think. Yeah, and it's like he's been one of our best defensemen. I mean, Yeah, absolutely. I was, you know, we were having this conversation. Nemitz has definitely surprised a lot of people by the way that he's played, the way that he plays a 200-foot game. I thought it was amazing that Nemitz and Hughes were just back-to-back, 45-second shifts for the entire third period, pretty much into overtime, I mean, they leaned on those two guys, like those are their two best defensemen last night, and it's like there are two best defensemen yeah. every night oh, exactly oh. i don't
0: I really don't even think it's close
1: I don't think it's I don't close think, either I don't think that like here, but this is the problem I don't necessarily think that Luke Hughes has played very good, no, he's made a ton of mistakes. Uh, he has made it he has he's playing good like I don't think he's really playing good and he's a I, threat.
0: and and nemitz has made a
1: ton of Set mistakes a, too no I'm saying like as well, I, but you just see
0: nemitz the subtlety of his brilli- his brilliance is um you know he's not wrapping a, a, the the puck around the the boards when he dumps it in. it's like he's He's launching it in and having it come back and, you know, driving opportunities like, you know, in the front of the net. I mean, it's again, just these little tiny things that he's doing. It's just, it's remarkable. It really is. Last night, last night,
2: that third goal. Yeah, no, it was him. Yeah, I know. That was, that was so him. And that was such a, that was such a, a scary time to do that. You know, during the game, for him to come up and pinch, and that could have very easily went went south. But I mean, that was a such a smart pinch.
1: Yeah, no, I was so
2: sorry that he didn't get a, he didn't get an assist on that.
1: When we talk about uh, when we talk about like Nemitz's game, you you know, we 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 were talking about this last night. It was like you had brought up like, well, he's more of a defensive defenseman. I was like, that's not really that's not really the case. Like he he's actually much more. He plays – he's an offensive defenseman. You know what I mean? Like who happens to be able to play defense as well. And, and Luke Hughes is – I don't see Luke Hughes like playing that much offense if I'm being completely honest with you. I understand right. that that's like in the big scheme of things. That's who he's supposed to be and that's who he's going to grow into and that's what he's done his whole life. But I don't look at him as like this like crazy offensive defenseman. Right. I'm not what right I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's not going to be that. I'm saying right now I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing him kind of struggle, like, if I'm being completely honest. like, And I actually think that Nemitz has struggled the past couple of games, too. Um, obviously, the, the Nemitz-Marino pairing was just getting crushed that they had to break those guys right. up. But, I, you know, and this is what we were talking about, where we should really use the sound clip from before because it, it's like – I think that Luke Hughes could be better than what he's doing right now for where he is in his career. I'm saying for right now, I think that he could be playing better for the position that he's put in right now. That's what I'm saying.
2: Do you think it has anything to do with uh, fear of mistakes? Like when he makes mistakes, uh, and when any defenseman makes a mistake, it's just so blaring. Like you see it leads to a goal, like him falling down. um, He's making mistakes. on i know he is making mistakes but i'm saying do you think that that's holding back some of his offensive threat i don't, I don't know. know i mean you really want him mistakes. doing
1: anything more at this point like i i kind of feel more comfortable with him like being conservative i would like to see him i would like to
2: see him playing with a lot of confidence
0: yeah so would i how it, can he feels like the yips right exactly you, you know at and you don't want to see him hold back, you know? Like, you know what he's capable of. You want to unleash that, you know, just... And, again, as much as we want to give Lindy shit, it's like letting young players make mistakes and not punish them, aside from Holtz. It's like that... But who else is he going to play? No, well, he doesn't have any... (laughs) <laughs> you know, there he are doesn't no have options. much of a choice. And honestly, you know damn well. But he's, but he's, but not he's gonna, done that. No, he's not going to he,
1: give. He's not going to shit on on Luke Hughes. He's never going to no, bench Luke not. Hughes. No, he's not. He's not. But he's, he's untouchable.
2: Is that what you think hit about him? Them making, what I, do you think about them making both of them captains? Luke and Quinn. Or um, Jack and Quinn. <laughs> what do you mean? For the All-Stars. They're captains.
1: Yeah. I, the, 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 I don't even care.
2: Um, I no, I, I don't care. I I would be really pissed agree. if he played in that game. But you, you uh,
1: agree that Luke Hughes is, and Jack Hughes are untouchable, right? They are. They are. Absolutely.
2: They're they you know, it's like Sydney when he came into the league or he's it's even worse because there's three of them. Um well, no. There's some people. I'm
1: talking about the two of them on our team that the we're going to the two of them will, on our team. I think that, that
2: a, no matter where they play, they would be untouchable. That you you wouldn't be able to.
1: You know, would I you think that they're them? franchise players. Huh? What are you talking about? I'm saying if you separated them, you don't think that they could be that that a player would bench them or that a coach would bench one of them? No, I, I understand. I, I
0: understand totally what you're saying, pickle. Um, it's like you want to. They're royalty. Yeah, exactly. You want to keep them together. There is no accountability that
2: you can. I think even if they were on different teams, I think that the three Hughes brothers are a talking point to the NHL.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think that if they were separated and you had you had a coach that had some balls, you would. They would. Tortorella would said him. Yeah. No, probably. Yeah. Don't you think it's kind of shitty
0: that. It's, it's harder when they're on the same team, team though. You so know,
1: that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been right. saying. Okay. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. Like you can't have two of them because then if you piss the one off, then you got the other <laughs> yeah. one. You know what no, I mean? That's it's exactly like, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pissing your wife and your girlfriend off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Um No, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today Tom Fitzgerald um he gets an extension and he gets uh promoted to president of hockey operations. I mean I don't think this is that big of a deal. I mean, I, I think that Fitzgerald obviously deserves uh to be signed to a long term contract or multiple year contract. Um he did bring up about how he is a very much a gut and eye guy, but has learned how to use the analytic department um to confirm what he's seeing. And how you use both of those tools to make, uh, educated decisions. And I think that's pretty much where we stand as far as analytics and eye test goes as well. Um, it also, he was talking about how he would make like gut decisions and he's learned to be uh, a little more patient. And I think he's been beyond patient, uh, more patient than, uh, New Jersey. He's clearly not from New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey fan base would would like, um, and he talked about rough, and he talked about you know how he likes rough, and he likes the way that he handles young players, and this and that, and I don't see a move coming, to be honest with you, and I don't know, it's like they have such a big game coming up on Thursday. You have a a Carolina team who is going to really put these young defensemen in a very awkward situation that they've probably never been in before where um, Carolina is great at forechecking. I mean, that is their bread and butter. They're going to be playing very hard. You, you hope to get Colin Miller back for that one because you're really going to need him. He, you need that veteran guy back there, and I think Miller's been a real unsung hero on a on a 500 hockey team uh, up to for Sure. Yeah. and um so you're gonna you're gonna have a huge game it's the first time that we've played carolina too they have huge problems in net they don't have anybody do. in net so no, they just
2: signed um who'd they sign? they signed uh spencer spencer martin from uh columbus who's that? They signed him today he's nobody so that's just goes to show Well they have anti
1: Ranta yeah i mean they've had, right. they've had a they've had a ton of problems in
2: in the But crease. he's like his
1: save percentage is, is just as bad as Vtex it's 866 Yeah they're 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 definitely struggling um you know they brought up the goaltending situation and and um uh Lindy said, or uh Lindy uh Tom Fitzgerald said how he wished that they they were able to get somebody, but he can't make people trade, and he doesn't want to exactly. get off the asset, you know, too many assets. And he said that he's looking for a depth defenseman. Um, so, and they came straight out and they said that they weren't happy with this season. And I think that is I, I, that's good. At least we're on the same page, right. you know exactly. I mean? um, but I'm happy to have Fitz around longer. I, I hope that he does. Me too. I hope that he is smart about any upcoming moves that he makes. And like we said, last, last night was the first game that really kind of felt like it had good vibes. Like there's been wins where they've, you know, we've had some good wins, but last night was the first time that you felt like, all right, like this feels good, you know? Like VTech was happy and, you know, and, and I don't know, you just kind of saw this like, You saw like the spirit of the team for the first time. It's been like kind of like a dead team. They felt like very like lifeless and soulless. And we talked about how, you know, you remember last year, they went into the season, they didn't have any expectations and they overperformed and they had this amazing season and the Devils fan base was having the most fun out of any fan base in the league. And then this year, they have all these, they have all these expectations You know i have a episode called the devil's hype train and it was just like everybody had us winning the stanley cup and like talking all this stuff and it was like this is the first time that these that this group has ever gone into a season with a lot of pressure on them you know what i mean and it's like it's hard it's hard to play when you have expectations and um and very lofty expectations at that so um I think it's like worn on them a little bit. They look like they're they're not having fun. And last night was like the first time it felt like that they were having they were having fun. Now the second period was real touch and go there and like the place was very, you know, uh but I don't know if they could try to get that if they could start having fun again and you know, you only have two more games and you got the and you got the All-Star break. And then if you could get Palat back after the All Star break, I think that slots people down. Um, Siegenthaler is going to be out for a while. They said Hamilton; they're going to have a better idea in February. He's going to be out for a while. Yeah, he's not coming back. No, he's not coming back. It didn't sound. It didn't sound like. From no, he's the not press coming back. I'm just saying but, they were going to know if he's going to be able to play in the playoffs. Like, right, right. So. Um, and you have to worry about making the playoffs, but if they could tread water and get some of their players back, but they're getting to the point where, all right, you need, you know, all right, we lost Brendan Smith. But, like, if you get Palat back and you get Jack back, Jack's going to participate potentially in the uh, skills competition. Right. So that's a good sign. I mean, that would make you think that he's probably on the mend. Mm-hmm. Um, but – um no, real quick, uh Dylan Dubay, he um he ended up taking a leave of absence from the Calgary Flames yesterday and then today Carter Hart he ends that. up going into the an indefinite um indefinite leave of absence uh whether it's a drug and alcohol or or whatever it is. Um, both of those guys played on that 2018 Canadian national team that's been under investigation for a while. And um, I'm not suggesting that they are involved in anything by any means, but um, you see, like, young kids. These are, you know, Carter Hart's a young guy. He's like 24 years old. This is, I think, the second time that this has happened to him. So right. it's like. And sp- oh, it's Spencer, Spencer Knight. Too. Yeah, Spencer Knight. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know it's kinda of, I think it's good that like they're like taking the right yeah. steps to do this, and like people are doing this, and like i you hope to see more of it like based upon some of you know it was this was like kind of like taboo like back in the day, and you're starting to see that people are are uh facing their problems head on and that they they're able to do it publicly with you know discretion and whatnot but right. I think it's good for the league, especially. A league with such young people like hockey is a little bit you know a little bit younger of a sport compared to like football for instance or whatever but it doesn't matter how how old you are to be honest with you but i think um i wish those guys the i wish those guys the best uh for sure for you know whatever they're they got going on so um i don't know anything else no I no i think hat. uh
0: i think I threw my hat on the uh, ice last night. Nice, nice. I I think I hit Uh, Petrangelo in the face. (laughs) I swear. (laughs) Um, Should start bringing hard hats, wearing hard hats. (laughs) Little did I know know on the way home that Pickle hated that hat. Oh, that was a
2: pretty bad hat. That was a pretty bad hat.
0: (laughs) That was like uh,
2: that was your your camouflage uh, Fidel Castro hat. <laughs> Didn't that thing? Wasn't that thing shaped like a Fidel Castro hat nah, or whatever? It was just a regular no. baseball hat. Was it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's your it head that's completely shaped normal him. hat. It was just camouflage. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't I don't know. Nice that, it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a great hat. Anyway, uh, Kyle no longer owns it so uh yep. you'll never have to see that again um but i don't know we could do something thursday after the game being that we're going to be we're going to be home yep. um and then saturday i am off to costa rica for a week pretty excited about that santa teresa you should uh look it up if you've never heard of it have fun in the sun it's amazing. It's such a coincidence
2: that you're off the same uh, week as All Star Break when they're not playing. <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just uh, just a coincidence. I'm sure Age thinks it's just a coincidence too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't think she cares. I mean, I, we went last year during it was during the regular season, and we did. I did a podcast from there. Mm, I don't remember. Mm okay either way um works out good yeah um all right well thanks everybody for listening <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to hear our family fight again just come on down <laughs> yeah it was uh it was good having you guys here and uh kyle it's good to have you down in the in the studio <laughs> glad to be here in the dungeon yeah yep. uh and uh Thank you all for listening to the Trap Podcast. Make sure you uh, give us a thumbs up and a like and a comment. And uh, hopefully we'll get back to you soon. Be well, everybody. Peace. Adios.